I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. I am John Denman, and we want to welcome you to something different. We're going to do a different type of show this week because we're going to turn it over to our friend, Kofi Amuasiki, who is starting a new podcast called The Adventures in Beer Selling. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pull some of his podcasts into this show, introduce you guys to him because, uh, for one, he's a, he's a phenomenal storyteller and he has some pretty ridiculous stories and some things that when he was going through his mind on what could work for ESPN and not get cut off, he picked three of them and that's what you're going to going to hear during the show tonight so everybody kick back and we're going to turn the show over to kofi and this is his adventures in beer selling so the best way to start this adventures in beer selling is to start from the beginning of my career in the beer industry there are a lot of misconceptions of the beer industry i know from my time in there being a salesperson and a manager, I used to absolutely hate it when people would walk up and say, oh, you've got the best job in the world. Let me guess, you just drink beer all day. Yeah, no, that's not what you do when you're in the beer industry. And I could see how people from the outside looking in have those misconceptions. Um, Because I had those misconceptions. Whenever I um, jumped into it, working for a distributor, that was the first step into the beer industry. Because look at it from my perspective, I didn't uh, know at all what I was going to do when I graduated from college. I really picked my major because I was dating this girl who was older and she had majored in journalism. So... Since I helped her with some of her homework, I decided to major in journalism. I had no earthly idea what journalism meant or what it was about. I just did it to do it. And when I graduated with my degree, I had no idea where to go. Fortunately, I was at a barbecue and I met up with one of my fraternity brothers who had worked for this distributor. And I thought, just as I said before, Ooh, working for a beer company, that's amazing. I would love to do that, especially because of the roles that they had open. And they they weren't studying me when I applied, but when I had his cosign, um, I had a good shot at getting one of those jobs. And it was like a promotional rep job. And it was for two different areas. So one of them was my area where I grew up, north side of Houston, which would have been perfect. I had knew all the bars. I knew the restaurants. I knew bar owners. I knew bar managers. It was perfect. And the other was Rice Village, which is a much more wealthier area. And if you don't know, this is the home of Rice University. Rice University is like uh, Stanford 
or uh, some people call it like the Ivy League of the South. So uh, a very well-regarded educational institution. Like this is what you would call an educational institution. I went to a college, a party school. A lot of really smart people come out of Rice. And the position was the promotional rep position. So it was basically like grunt work, hanging pennant flags, hanging neons, doing promotions and on-premise accounts, passing out samples, uh, taking the top bar owners and bar managers to lunch to sell in items. But one really awesome element of that was hand selling. So when I got the job, this was what I was lined out with. And hand selling is, so take whatever, like you can think of crappy malt beverage with, you know, 15 flavors that uh, was hot for like six months and then went on to the next thing. This is usually what you're hand selling. You're not hand selling like a flagship brand or like a really cool craft beer. You're you're hand selling something that uh, they they kind of need to get rid of or something really new. And we were really targeting this age group of you know twenty one to thirty five because this young age group make their big alcohol decisions in this time frame. So you have, you know, these 21 year olds that they don't want to drink their their dad's favorite beer. So we come up with this, you know, sugar rush, fruity drink that's probably like unsafe to get you hooked on so that this becomes your drink of choice. Um, no hate on all distributors and organizations that push their products, but. This is the case, right? Back then. This is the early 2000s. So my job was to hand sell these products into accounts. And this was a good way to make money because they would give you so many cents or so many dollars on each case that you hand sold. And so let me tell you what hand selling is. So hand selling is they load your vehicle up with 10 cases of said fruity crazy product and you take it to... 10 or so, however many accounts and you sell a case, right? And if you can sell it into a big account, you promote it later on. So I had this really cool club. I won't name it. It's not around anymore, but, you know, I don't want to um, give anybody any PTSD from this place. But there was this really cool club in the heart of Rice Village. And again, this is Rice Village, so... No offense to the Rice Village people. Please don't come for me. Please don't come for me, Rice University students. I can't afford to fight you. But, I mean, this is like, these these are like nerds, right? Like, these are, they're like, you know, it's not really my kind of folk. At least I thought that way, right? Remember I told you assumptions. My assumptions with these people don't, they don't get down like I get down. And they don't get down like I get down, but they're still fun. So I wanted to hand sell this product into this bar or this club. 
And I was having a hard time doing it. When you go in, you try to sell it in. And it's this young lady that runs the club. And I'm like, I got this new product, Product X. I've got the strawberry and the grape. It's really good. These young people are going to go crazy when you have it. And she's like, ah, it doesn't really fit our club. Da, 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 da. And she shuts me down every time I try to sell it. So the doorman, he pulls me to the side and he says, hey, come tonight. She'll be in the zone. You can sell it. And club nights for colleges for rice. I don't remember exact night, but let's just say it was Thursday. It was something like a Thursday night. Right. He's like, come tonight right before the club gets really big and then hand sell this product. uh, she'll, She'll buy it. She'll be in the zone. I don't even know what that means. Right. But I'm like, cool. And so I called my boys because this point in my life, I don't do anything without my crew. So I call my boys and I say, hey, y'all come tonight. I'm going to be promoting this product. We're going to have a good time. We're going to party with these nerds and we're going to drink and have a great time. So my boys come up, we go, we head up to the club. I see them, the door guy, the guy that told me to come that night. She's got her head in his lap. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So I roll up, I pull out a few cases of the product and I walk up and I'm like, yo, and she pops her head up. She was doing a line in his lap, y'all. Like she was doing a line of cocaine, but to each their own, right? But it also, when looking at her face, she was, she was out of there. She was in outer space. So putting on my salesman hat, I was like, yo, you you told me that you were going to buy these cases. I got them here. What's up? Like, I got to hurry up. I got to get them on ice. Da, da, da. Just kind of rushing her. And she's just like so in the zone. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I was like, here's the invoice. I need you to sign. I need you to pay me. Come on, give me the money. I'm just rushing her because she's coked out of her mind. She's just, oh, she doesn't know. She's going to buy it, whatever. So she buys it. I take the cases in there. I put half of them on ice. And she's like, put the rest of the cases in the cabinet on the back wall. No problem. I tell my boys, y'all go to the bar. I'm happy. I make my way to the back bar. I open up the cabinet. She had half of Bolivia in that cabinet. I'm not saying that I've never been around cocaine because I have, but I have never seen that much cocaine in my entire life, in one place, at one time. I got nervous. As a black man, I'm looking around for the feds, for the DEA, for me to go down for something that I didn't do. I'm freaking out. I'm sweating. So I put my stuff in the cabinet. I gently close the cabinet. I look around for DEA agents, nobody comes. And then I make my way to the bar. I tell my boy, Mike, yo, it's uh, it's some stuff in that cabinet. He's like, some stuff, like what? Like other beer? I was like, no, like yayo. He's like, what? Like, like cocaine. And I don't know what it is about young men and the invincibility that we feel. But the first thing that came to his mind was, 
we are going to steal this cocaine. We're going to steal it all. And I'm like, no, we're not. And he's like, yes. He's like, look at this place. Nobody in here can stop us. These are nerds, man. We're going to steal the cocaine. And I'm like, and, and, do, and do what? Become the Nino Brown of Upper Kirby? No. But he's like, yo, we, we got to steal this cocaine. So we're drinking. We're taking shots. We're building up our courage. Or at least he is to steal the cocaine. And he goes back to the cabinet. And he opens the cabinet slowly. Now, keep in mind, our conversation, max 20, 30 minutes. When he opens the cabinet, all the cocaine is gone. He comes back and sits down. He's like, the cocaine is gone. There's no cocaine in there. I'm like, yes, there's cocaine. He's like, no, it's not there. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where the mood and the environment is changing around you and you can feel it. Like if you've ever gone outside to put the trash out and you see like six or seven raccoons and they all stop and they all look at you and you're like, I'm in a dangerous situation. Anything could happen and you can feel it. You can feel that you really at a disadvantage. We're sitting at the bar and I'm looking around and everybody in the bar, it's like those raccoons they are all like standing still for like a second. And I'm like, it's about to go bananas in here because they have snorted all of that Coke literally in 20, 30 minutes. And literally again in 20, 30 minutes, Everybody in this damn place was fighting. Now, these are rice kids. So we're talking about some of the soft, softest, but most precise punches you've ever seen in your life. I mean, just picture hundreds of, you know, Stuarts and Miles just throwing fists and punches at each other. And people were still dancing. Like the people that weren't fighting, they didn't recognize that other people were fighting and they're dancing, they're bouncing off the walls. And me and my friend are just sitting there, the only people apparently not on Coke, just drinking this disgusting, fruity beverage, probably giving ourselves diabetes. And we're like, we've got to get out of here. And it was just crazy. I start passing out the fruity beverage. I'm like, well, if you're coked out, you can have some of this. Take some of this. This will help the Coke. And then just going crazy. And that was my entry into the beer business. That was literally like my second week. And my third week, I showed back up to that place with minimum six, seven more flavors just to start it all over again. It's time for us to take another break. This is Drink of Ages Radio. You're listening to our buddy Kofi Omuasiki, Adventures in Beer Selling. This is uh, Trevor Brown from Lone Pine Brewery, coming at you from Magnolia, Texas, home of Yellow Rose IPA. We're new in cans. I don't know if you've seen. We're now in aluminum, Yellow Rose, Gentleman's Lotus Nitro, Jabberwocky, and Zenos. We'll be doing seasonals and Zythopal releases every quarter. 
So join us at our beer garden, open seven days a week. We've got live music, food trucks, kids and dogs are welcome as long as they're nice. Find us at LonePine.com on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, everybody. Hey, y'all, this is Andrew, the Mayor Mitchum, owner and brewer at Senate Avenue Brewing Company. Here's the top five reasons you should bring the whole family to come and see us. Number one, air conditioning. Number two, tasty cold craft beer brewed by yours truly. Number three, burgers, tacos, pizzas, and pretzels. Number four, brunch on Sundays. Number five, our cozy, breezy patio. Drop in any day of the week for lunch or dinner. We'll save a table for you. Decca Beer Company off 494 just north of Kingwood is a brewery you should know about and stop by. 20 taps with rotating experimental beers and other excellent beers brewed true to style. Nice air-conditioned tap room for the whole family and a large patio with beer, wine, cider, soft drinks, plus food trucks on site. Also a great place to hold your next event. Tap room is open Wednesday through Sunday and look for Decca Beer Company on tap around the Houston area and check them out online at DeccaBeer.com. That is D-E-C-A Beer.com. They have something for everyone. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers, and stouts. Definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play, though. Nine-hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. Hi, it's Tom from No Label Brewing down in Katy, Texas. Come out and visit us seven days a week in historic Katy, right between the silos. If it's the weekend, it's live music, it's beer releases, it's food trucks, vendors, HGH markets, more. Can't make it on the weekend? Don't worry, we're open seven days a week. So coming out for bingo nights, trivia nights, run clubs, there's so much going on out here between the silos. So if you're looking for craft beer and a good time, come out to Katy, Texas, come out to No Label. And we're going to get to another story from Kofi. It is great to be with you again. Welcome to the Adventures of Beer Selling. I am popping a bottle of my favorite Mexican cerveza called Victoria. Victoria is a Vienna-style lager made in Mexico. If you like Pacifico or Negro Modelo, this is like the perfect beer for you. So it's Wednesday, but I had a little taco Wednesday, and I'm knocking down one of these Victorias. And it's kind of perfect because what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about language, dialects, and the confusion that exists with those things, especially in the beer world. In the beer world, when you work for a distributor especially, uh, you are dealing with people that own bars and restaurants and stores many times that are immigrants and they come from different countries and I think one of the things that made me successful in the beer industry uh, especially on the distributor side was the fact that my dad is an immigrant and language is very important and there's I mean there's my wife when we started dating she didn't know what my dad was saying she she's like I have no idea what this guy is saying and he was only speaking English and she could never understand him. And uh, I would have to translate, even though it was like, yo, he just he just said, how are you? Like he's speaking English. But 
my ear had adjusted to the way he sounds because he's been my dad my whole life. So, um, you know, that's kind of how that sound works, you know. And when you are in the beer industry and you're in and out of these convenience stores and grocery stores and you're dealing with different people, you start to get an ear for the way in which they say things. For instance, um, people from and I'm generalizing here. So, you know, if you're a member of one of these communities, don't come at me considered ignorance. But this is just my generalization. But people from um, Pakistan, right? Pakistan. When I first started selling beer, I would listen to these two guys. They were brothers. And every time I would come in there, they would argue. Like, it almost seemed like the type of tension, like, that I was going to end up breaking up a fight. And I would ask... The, the owner, yo, like, what's up with you and your brother? Like, why are y'all always arguing? He's like, we're not arguing. What are you talking about? I'm trying not to do the voice. I'm, you know, I wouldn't do it justice. But he's like, we're not arguing. This is how we talk. And then I realized that's kind of how that language, at least whichever dialect that they speak, that's kind of how it sounded, you know. It, but it sounded like arguing. Again, going back to my dad, even my own language, um, my dad's from Ghana. Ghana has something like 70, 80 languages, many dialects. Um, The main language, which a large percentage of the country speaks, is a called tree. And there is several different dialects that are reflective of the different parts of the country that people live and the different people they encountered. So like my people, we speak a dialect called Fanti. And it's kind of sing-songy. They have words that you can tell were influenced by other languages. Um, But they're very close to the coast. So when you get people on the coast, they're fishermen. When fishermen go out on boats, they sing songs. So the language is reflective of that. Uh, We have words like asapatre. Asapatre, and I might be saying that wrong. It means shoes in Fanti. That's not the correct word in tree. In tree, the correct word is empobois. That's shoes. But asapatre is because they had trades and deals with the Portuguese. And what do Portuguese or Spanish people call shoes? Sabatos, right? So it's like really, really interesting listening to different languages. And a lot of times, many times in my career as a beer salesperson, they have always ended up with a lot of misunderstanding. And this one I'm about to speak on in general was the misunderstandings of all misunderstandings. And it was with one of my customers who was from Vietnam. This guy is awesome. He had this store in the middle of the hood and I believe that he sold narcotics out of his store. Um, I believe that he did a lot of shady business things, but he was a really awesome guy. Really fun. We got along great. He had a wife and a girlfriend and he would talk openly about both of them. 
And if you've noticed, I've only told you general things about him because he did not speak English. And I have no idea the depth of any of our conversations where they were going. He would just talk and talk and talk. And I would just catch little words. Girlfriend, my wife. Hey, you have a wife and a girlfriend? Yes. Other than that, 100% Vietnamese. And I speak no Vietnamese. And he would just talk as though I was totally understanding him. When I told you I thought he'd sold drugs out of his store, he just had to because there was these people coming in and out of the store and they were going into the back room and they were getting something and they were giving it money and they were doing this. It all had the semblance of a drug dealing operation. But the caveat is that maybe he wasn't because when I would ask him about it, you know, when you ask somebody if they're doing something illegal, you're not asking for them to tell you the truth. You're asking to look for any variances in their speech to find out if they're lying. And I can't do that because I don't speak Vietnamese. So, needless to say, we had a great relationship, but it was kind of one sided. And maybe he obviously didn't speak English. Maybe he didn't know what I was saying. Maybe he just enjoyed my company. But we went through about four drivers with this guy because he started having issues with all the drivers. And he would call me and he would explode and just, and he used to say this word mocking. He used to say mocking about everything. And I thought he was saying the F word, but it can't be that because he would say mocking on nice things. I never understood what it meant. Mocking this, mocking beer, you're mocking, 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 mocking. I never understood any of it. But I had to answer because he was a customer and he was pissed and he was going to take it to the top. I don't know who he was going to talk to, but he was going to basically expose that I wasn't doing my job right. So I felt like I had to nip it in the bud. So first driver, we get him over there. He's yelling. He's cussing the driver, this driver, that I told the driver, move your truck. I told him exactly how to park the truck. I told him where to put the beer, but he would just complain like crazy. And then I got another driver. So I got another driver. I threw that at him. Compl- First day, blew up, exploded. That guy was only temporary anyway, so I moved him, and then I got this other driver. This guy was going to be the driver. Exploded. Big boy. He called him big boy. Big boy. Big boy. And then he would just go yelling at me in Vietnamese. Just just going off on me. And one time, my, my supervisor came in there. He's like, I'm coming with you. I got to figure this out. And my supervisor, white guy, doesn't speak Vietnamese. He's like, hey, I'm the regional manager here. Let me figure out what's going on. My supervisor recorded on his phone. I, I, should, I should find if he still has that recording. And then he goes, the guy just is yelling at my supervisor, yelling, yelling, yelling. And the whole time my supervisor's like, yeah, I, I get it. No, I get it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I'm feeling like I'm going to be in trouble. He says, Kofi, I need to see you outside right now. We go outside. He goes, I have no idea what's going on. He's, he's like, he's like, man, just fix it. He's like, that's hilarious. I recorded every bit of it. I have no idea what's going on. I was like, wow. So finally, I found a solution. We used to get, you know, new people all the time. And 
when one of them got certified with their CDL license to drive the truck, everybody was fighting for the guy to come and be a driver, you know. But we would occasionally put somebody would have a CDL, they don't have a route, we put them on different trucks and we, you know, whatever. They could fill it out. We hired a Vietnamese guy. And I'm not going to make the assumption that he speaks Vietnamese, but I am going to ask 100%. I told him, come to my office. I said, hey, I got a question for you. He said, yeah. I said, do you speak Vietnamese? He said, yeah. God bless. I said, I need you. I need you on this team. This team was made for you. And the first place I need you to go is I need you to take this truck and you need to go to this store and meet this Vietnamese guy and find out what's been going wrong. Because keep in mind, this is years of issues, right? So put him on the route. He gets in the truck. I said, call me when you get there. So he calls me. He pulls up at the store. I meet him there. Here comes the guy. He's yelling, all this kind of stuff in Vietnamese. And I said, wait, 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 wait. His name was Tony, by the way. I said, Tony, got a surprise for you. I got a new driver here, and I'm going to bring him in, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And I had written down question after question after question. I mean, just general things that I wanted to know that I'd never knew. And I'd given them to the driver before going there. And so we're sitting there. We're chit-chatting. And I'm listening to the two of them go back and forth in Vietnamese. And it's a little tense because he's doing his regular, Tony's doing his regular yelling and this and that and mocking this and mocking that and mocking this and mocking that. And my boy's over there giving it back to him in Vietnamese. He's just going back and forth, blah, 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 blah. And they're just going at it. Da, 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 da. I mean, I'm just like, thank God. And I'm really getting a vibe here that we're going to get these problems fixed. I mean, I was so I told him, I said, you keep talking. I'll start putting the beer in the cooler. So I start loading the beer up, putting it in the cooler. They're just talking this and that and this and that. And he goes and starts doing his job. I said, Tony, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. And then he starts talking to me in Vietnamese. I was like, you know, you could have stopped at thanks, but whatever. I'm, I'm courteous. I'm going to listen. And I listen and he just told me a few things. And then I started helping the guy. We knock it out. I don't want to do it in front of that store. So I told him, go to the next door. I'll meet you there. I head over to the next door. I'm relieved. I get my notepad. I get my pen. And I walk out in the parking lot. I was like, all right, man. What is going on with this guy? Tell me about Tony. What, 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 what's going on? What's the issue that he has with the drivers? What does mocking mean? Just, just tell me. He goes, yo, uh, Vietnamese is my first language. That's the language I learned. I had to learn English in school. And I have one thing to tell you about this guy. He's effing crazy. I have no effing clue what he's talking about. I have no idea. I said, but he's Vietnamese. He goes, yeah, he is. But that language he's speaking is not Vietnamese. I don't know what it is. I've never heard it before. Literally, I'm confused. That guy's effing crazy. 
It's time for us to take another break. This is Drink of Ages Radio. You're listening to our buddy Kofi Omuasiki, Adventures in Beer Selling. Let me tell you something. GT Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated, not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. KT Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KTWellness.com. Hey guys, Bobby Harl from Backview Brewing here. Just dropping in to tell you about our new seasonal King's Brow. A German Fest beer, perfect for Oktoberfest season, but still can handle this Texas heat. Available through the end of September, but while supplies last. So don't sleep on it. Go out and grab you some. Cheers. At True Anomaly Brewing, our greatest achievement lives in knowing that everything we've learned is yours to enjoy. While it may not be rocket science, we brew with the same detail and dedication learned while running mission operations for NASA. Taking risks is part of our DNA. We don't take them just to say we did. We take them because of the result. Bold brews we're proud to share with fellow adventure seekers. True Anomaly Brewing. Beer for the explorers. Hey, it's James from Ingenious Brewing Company up in Humble, Texas. We are a small batch brewery open Wednesday through Monday with an air-conditioned tap room, hosting weekly trivia, monthly art markets, and many more family and pet-friendly events. Not in the mood for a delicious beer? Try one of our hard seltzers or a local cider or wine. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for a daily update on our tap list and daily events. Can't make it to the tap room? Just look for us at your local H-E-B, Specs, or any fine craft beer retailer. Cheers. Hey Houston, this is Bryce, 11 Below Brewing. I'd like to invite you to come out and see us. We're located just outside the Beltway up by Willowbrook Mall. We're open Thursday and Friday night, Saturday and Sunday afternoon as well. And if you're lucky, you might even get a hug from Jeff while you're here. If you're looking for some great little fun beer to beat this Houston heat, Taco Tuesday is our jam. Got a little bit of lime and salt, super refreshing and crushes the summer heat. You can find it at your local grocery stores and liquor stores. Check us out on social media at 11 Below Brewing. New Magnolia Brewery Company, the only medal winner from Houston at this year's Great American Beer Festival, is getting more of their silver medal award-winning Heights Light Lager to more stores and bars around town. If you have not tried this beer, look for it and get some. You will be happy you did. Also from New Magnolia is the Beer of the Month, which happens to be a two-for-one. Come to the tap room and try the Lime Goza and Blackberry Goza. Easy and delicious 4.5% ABV. Something else really cool is New Magnolia brewed a recipe from the original Magnolia Brewery. Come out the week of Thanksgiving for the release of Rich Hello, Revisited. Tap room is open seven days a week. Go ahead and book your holiday event at New Magnolia for a great experience for everyone invited. Email info at newmagnoliabrewing.com for more info. segment of Drink of Ages Radio, and we're going to get to another story from Kofi here in just a second. He is starting a new podcast called Adventures in Beer Selling. Look for that on all the platforms. Let's turn it over to Kofi. So before we start this story, 
I want to give kind of some insight on who I am and what I believe. And one thing I'm very, I'm a stickler on is calling people genius. I just don't throw that word around that easy. I do not call everybody a genius, right? I think to be a genius, your level of intellect rises above education and privilege, right? So you have to be starting at a low level and then you have to be performing intellectually at such a high level for me to call you a genius disregarding education and privilege. So uh, here's an example, like Elon, right? A lot of people say Elon's a genius. I would say he's not. It's easy. Not saying he's not talented, not saying he's not smart, but it's easier to do things when your daddy owns a gym mine, right? You can go and Say I want to create a futuristic car if you have this kind of money, you know, that you're growing up with. It puts you in a realm to think on that level. But somebody who, let's say, grew up in abject poverty and then comes up with the idea to create a futuristic car with no concept of what that is. I would say that person would be a genius. Right. Um, Kanye. They always call him Kanye a genius. I would say he's not a genius. Um, I would say he's talented. Because he doesn't play any instruments. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a hater. But he doesn't play any instruments. So he's taking created concepts, piecing them together beautifully, I might add, and then reforming that and putting that in front of a consumer. And it's great but is it genius? See, he's got the privilege of having people already have made the music and then he's sampling it and then putting it back out there. I'm, I'm fully aware that these opinions are popular, but I'm just saying. I'm very, very suspicious when somebody calls someone a genius. Because I'm looking to see what barriers they had and then I'm saying they're a genius I think it was Malcolm Gladwell that was talking about how some of the smartest people the same like high level business people that are high performing they usually have the same qualities as people that are like in the penitentiary the only difference is whatever access that they had that the other person didn't so if they grew up in a two parent home Whatever the case may be. I know none of this has to do with beer. I'm just giving you this. I'm setting the stage for you. So you have a lot of people that are locked up that are freaking geniuses. You know, but maybe they had some kind of learning disability that they didn't have someone there to teach them or help them advance. And so they use their genius powers towards crime. Right. It's a lot of people in my life I could say not that i'd like have a bunch of criminals but you get what i'm saying these guys i'm about to tell you about they were absolute geniuses absolute geniuses because 
don't know them, but I imagine the idea that they came up to do with what they did was literally them sitting around drinking and saying, hey, I got a great way we can make some money. And it worked. So, when I was an area sales manager for a beer distributor, one of the things that I had to often deal with was transfer trucks. So, if you don't know what a transfer truck is, let me kind of break it down. The brewery makes the beer. The distributor sells the beer. So, we have this thing called the three-tiered system, right? You have suppliers that make the beer. The distributors sell the beer to on and off-premise accounts. On-premises being restaurants, bars, etc. Off-premise, you're drinking off the premises. Convenience stores, grocery stores, etc. So, supplier makes the beer. Distributor gets the beer, sells the beer to the store. Store sells the beer to you, the consumer. Well, when you're doing that, you're having to deal with a couple of different logistical issues with trucks. So there is a transfer truck that brings the beer from the brewery to the distributor. And then there is the distributor truck that takes it and takes it to the grocery store, convenience store, bar, restaurant, etc. And the transfer trucks were usually the really weird part of everything because that's where everything started. So if you are going to rob one of our trucks, you're probably going for the money, which there was a safe. So, I mean, that's kind of dumb. Um, if you're going to rob a transfer truck, you're going for the product. And those transfer trucks have been involved in a lot of crazy things. I mean, one time uh, there was a transfer truck and it was I can't remember where it was coming from, but they made when it pulled into our warehouse they pulled out pallets of it this happens with a lot of vegetable and produce transfer trucks i'm giving the game here so please i'm not connected don't come after me when they're pulling the produce or whatever and in this case it was beer they're pulling it out after you get about six pallets deep drugs just packed full of drugs and then there's uh you know product then more drugs right so they were using the transfer truck as a mule um one time a guy that worked for me was on a transfer truck and he was driving through a neighborhood which shouldn't do and literally guy gets on top of the transfer truck other guys running around he's trying to figure out what's going on the guy on top slides through the top of the transfer truck jumps over to the windshield AK-47 right to his head get out of the truck right so this this is this is often now I don't know how much it happens now early 2000s 90s 80s this was a thing well this particular transfer truck was on its way to our distributor it was running behind already and we had to take our distributor truck and reload it 
with as much product as we could because the transfer truck had not arrived and we didn't have enough product to meet all of our customers needs. So we waited a little bit for the transfer truck. When it didn't arrive, we sent the driver out there. Then I, I'm a manager. I'm heading out to the market to help that driver out because I know he's going to be behind. And I get a call from my boss and the police. We need you to show up in your area to this undisclosed street, uh, East Houston. So you guys are familiar with, you know, the kind of environment it is. So I pull up. There's that transfer truck that we've been waiting on. There's a guy sitting on the edge of an ambulance, talking it over something with the police, the transfer truck driver. And my boss is sitting there talking with a detective or whatever. He invites me over and he's like, the transfer truck got jacked. Now, like, like I told you, you rob a distributor truck for money. I mean, if you're... 16 year old kid you're still in beer but if you are a criminal you're robbing it for money this particular transfer truck was robbed for product that's what you rob a transfer truck for so we're going through it they've taken about 50-60% of the product out of the transfer truck it's like wow okay cool these guys are about to drink it up or sell it or whatever and Police officer asked me some questions. We're talking. We're having a good time trying to figure out what's going on. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And he just says, keep your eyes and ears open. These guys couldn't have gotten far. Um, we don't know what's going on. But, uh, you know, this, that, and third. So we're trying to figure out what's going on. We answer some questions for the police and then we go on about our business because the transfer trucks in in general are controlled by the brewery because I knew the area. That's the only reason I'm answering questions. So, you know, what, what, where I think the guys, what direction they might've went or whatever. I'm really no help in the situation. Um, but I immediately go to help my driver. I meet my driver at one of his stops and he says, Hey man, um, this guy says he's already got his product. Hmm. You've been here already? He goes, no. I guess he just didn't sell everything from last week. I was like, that's crazy. He must have been slow. We go to the next spot. This guy's like, hey, man, we didn't sell nothing. We're full. I look in this cooler. Packed full. We go to the third stop. The guy's like, hey, you guys have already been here. Hmm? Okay. So now I'm scratching my head. I go to one more stop. Hey, yeah, we already got our order today. I said, who delivered it? Your guys in a U-Haul. So pause. Let me tell you something about people that own stores, especially people that own stores in underprivileged communities, so to speak. They about that money, saving it and getting it. All these people. They know damn well that this is stolen prop product that they're buying. But you don't have to pay taxes on it at the end of the year. So they're buying this cash. These brothers had got U-Haul trucks, filled them up full of product, and went 
on my driver's mapped route and delivered that product. And we're talking about fast, quickly delivered this product to every stop. When we get further into their area, two U-Hauls on fire. Collected their cash and they were out of town. I was stunned. I mean, we're talking about maybe an hour. They robbed the truck, loaded the U-Haul, took the U-Haul down Mesa Road and just started delivering stops. One after the other, after the other, collecting cash, set the U-Hauls on fire. These are geniuses. These are true geniuses because I'm willing to bet they didn't have a daddy that owned a gym mine or they wouldn't be stealing truck off a transfer truck, beer off a transfer truck. So anyways, they never catch the guys, but we have some meetings with the detective and he's like, what are we going to do? We have some leads. These guys are probably going to strike again. I'm like, Psh. Not that they're smart, they're going to strike again, but whatever. He's like, oh, what do you guys want to do when we catch these guys? And he's, I mean, he's so sure of himself, the, the detective, God bless him. We're going to catch these guys. So, you know, we're going to move forward. What do you guys think we should do? And I said, this is a true statement. I told this to the detective. I said, let me tell you something. If you catch these guys, and I'm just going to, put an asterisk my vote meant nothing in this i'm just speaking my mind because that's how i roll if you catch these guys we don't want to press charges we want to give those guys an application we need those guys here if they can steal and deliver that fast we need them on our team but they were never caught but that, ladies and gentlemen, that's a genius. Hope everyone enjoyed this week's show. We had stories from our good friend Kofi Amuasiki and his Adventures in Beer Selling podcast that you're going to be able to find all over the internets and everywhere else. So stay tuned for more stories. There's, there's just a lot of weird stuff that happens out there, guys. And, you know, he, he just... The stuff that's happened in his life and what he's been able to put together. I've sat around and listened to some stories that he's told me before. And unfortunately, some of them can't make it on the radio. But he's got plenty that can make it on the podcast. So check him out. Adventures in Beer Selling. Look it up and subscribe to him and listen to his podcast. We're going to uncall this week's show done. I want to appreciate everyone for tuning in. You can listen to any of our old shows by going to drinkofages.com and find us all over the internet. And everyone, man, have a great weekend and be safe. We'll talk to you next week.
this love I need I just fall into and find myself free Not a task, but in this moment I believe It's captured with such beauty Gravity 